Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Let's get underway. Saturdays were made for this. The biggest names and the biggest games are right here. Triple M rocks the NRL. Thanks to our mates at King G. Welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrub. Great to have your company on this Saturday afternoon. My name's Tony Squires. I'm with Ryan Girdler, Brent Reed, and our special guest this afternoon. Returning to the show is Jai Arrow off the back of a brilliant performance from the Rabbitohs. 26 to nil winners over the Eels. Uh, welcome back, Jai. No, thanks for having me. I didn't think you'd have me back, but <laughs> always happy to, to be invited. <laughs> I, I, can we just we begin there? Uh, we'll get to that game in detail a little bit later in the show, but uh, it was a terrific performance. No, no, your own performance, brilliant. Just talk to me quickly, Latrell Mitchell, since he's been back, has been phenomenal, but he also looks like a happy man. Would that be a, an apt description? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think he's got a bit of fire in his belly, belly uh, Trell, just the, uh, the fact he's been out for, for a long period of time and um, just his presence, his aura, and um, it's good to see the big fella having a, a, a smile on his face. So um, we're, we're glad and happy to have him back. Happy Latrell is a really dangerous Latrell, right? I absolutely. Mean, he's absolutely. Just, the form he's in at the moment, you can see South actually making a real run at the premiership, I reckon. What are they paying? What are you paying at the moment? I guess you wouldn't yeah, know. You wouldn't know. <laughs> would not They're not allowed to bet, no, apparently. Absolutely. But, uh, you I'm get like, good odds on them at the moment, I reckon. Well, we'll find out a bit later Juicy. on. I might throw something at South Sydney after that performance. Goods, how are you going? I'm good, Tanya. I think they were about 26. Before they went on this run a few mm. weeks ago, they were about 26 to 1, oh, which was juicy, right. but uh, I'd imagine they would have shortened up by now. Yeah, really impressive performance. And got to say, Jai, that left edge of yours. You know, they get so much credit attacking wise, and you're always that lead runner. You must be the best lead runner. <laughs> In the competition, no one talks about the damage you do with those lead runs. But hey, you're the cause of um, of all the, all that uh, defensive questions that the the opposition you know struggle with that left edge. Oh, I'll take that, Gerds. Uh, I appreciate that. It feels like I've been running decoys for for 22 <laughs> rounds now, but uh, I'm just happy uh, when I'm running my decoys. AJ scoring what he scored 25 tries now, so um, I'm glad to be a part of that and. I'm glad to be a part of, I suppose, the, the left edge there. But, yeah, 161 but how conscious now. are you knowing how like how lethal that edge is to make sure that you get that run right in relation to, you know, not checking up the defence and not getting in the way running through? Yeah, absolutely. And and me being in the back row is sort of a um, a new thing for myself and um, trying to learn, the, I suppose, the art of it and, uh, I suppose, running through inside shoulders and, and make sure I'm not making contact with, say, the half or, or, or the centre. So, um, you know, that's something I've had to learn. It's something I'm adapting to and something that I'm enjoying, um, especially with Cody inside me. Um, it's it's pretty scary when you get that bloke angry. So um, I try and avoid the, the sprays as much as I can, but he's always good for one. It's funny you say that. I was watching the footy with my dad last night. Uh-huh. He's down from Brisbane. And he's, he was watching you. And he said, Joy Arrow is the best lead. He said he never makes contact with a defensive line. He actually, he actually mentioned it. Oh, this yeah. was one of the couple of the drives you were in the decoy. You slid all the way through yeah. like butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, why don't the rest of them do what Joy yeah. Arrow does? Yeah. I said, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. I don't know. They're going to pass it to him one day. He's not going to know what to do. I'll drop it. (laughs) Anything coming out of uh, ready out of the games so far in terms of charges? Yeah, there's a few charges on um, uh, Tui Kamakamitha for Melbourne. Got 
charged yep. with a, a dangerous contact. It's only a fine for Tui. Mm-hmm. Matt Burton got charged with a shoulder charge last night. Yeah, Early guilty plea again. It's only a fine. Yep. And Ryan Madison actually got tar- charged for dangerous contact on Jai Arrow. What? <laughs> yes, but he will escape with a fine as well. I don't know what he did here, Jai. 67th oh, minute. Yeah, couldn't even tell you either. So, um, Matt, are you clean there, bro? I don't, um, I don't think you should get fined. Well, well, wait That'll a second. Maybe just because <laughs> you can't remember it. The contact may have been so significant you can't remember it today. I was actually shocked he told me just before, Edie. So I, was, I honestly couldn't tell you what, what actually went on or what happened. So I'm um, sorry, Maddo. <laughs> can't come to your defence. Uh, there is, of course, one other big game that's happening uh, today. Brent Reid, what's the score in the uh, the boys, your boys' my soccer? My boys, man, if my son's uh, under-14 soccer team, they yeah. just won their semi-final in golden goal. Golden just scored goal. a goal and goal and goal. So it's good they got the grand final next week. It's a golden goal in soccer. Could go for another 80, 90 minutes. Two I hours. think there's a limit. Is I there? think it's a Don't they get a penalty shootouts? Yeah. If, it, if it goes five or ten minutes, then they stop it and you go to penalty shootout. shootout. But they, they won a golden goal. It's off for the grand final now. Fantastic grand final next week. How oh, good. Nice. All right. well, congratulations right. to those boys. If this round is being played uh, under the shadow of the loss of Paul Green, uh, I guess the darkest cloud is hovering over the SCG this afternoon, uh, 3 o'clock, when the Roosters play the Cowboys. Green, of course, played with and coached at both clubs. He took the Cowboys to their first premiership in 2015. So it will be an afternoon full of emotion and of performances elevated, I hope, to celebrate the man and his life and work. We'll remember Paul Green. At the age of just 49, Paul Green has tragically passed away. A true legend of the game, Greeny dominated as a player. Slips it back inside for Green, a beautiful ball. And a coach. I suppose if I could sum it up, I'm just really proud of the way they won tonight, how they've gone about everything they've done this year. Playing 160 NRL games, winning the Rothmans medal in 1995, playing 10 Origins, and then coaching for 167 games, winning the Cowboys' first ever competition. He's got it! Playing the NRL at only five foot six, you have to be tough. And Greeny never took a backward step from anyone. Green stepping away, rushing players twice his size. As a player, he played at the highest level for Queensland and Australia. As a coach, Paul Green was a winner. And we have witnessed perhaps the greatest of the ball. What a game! He'll be forever remembered as the man who brought the Cowboys their first ever premiership. Today we say goodbye to a champion. It was a good way to finish. Rest in peace, Greeny. Indeed, so many words have been spoken in just the few days since he passed about Paul Green. Uh, Rudy, you've written a, a couple of columns which I've really uh, enjoyed, mm. I, I guess, a tough word in this environment, but uh, certainly one talking about your contact with Greeny was terrific. And then the other, which we'll get to as well, uh, uh, about, I guess, the NRL and its need to put the arms around mm. coaches a little bit more. Uh, let's go first to the, the personal. You had a, a fair bit of contact with Paul. Yeah, he was probably the coach in the game I was probably closest to, Greeny. It's hard to talk about him, Tom, because I only saw him at Christmas. I actually had a beer with him on the on the Gold Coast and wasn't organised. I was there with Peter O'Sullivan and I went to Northcliffe Surf Club and Greeny was there and we spent about two hours with him. And he just seemed really happy in a good place. Um, and I actually rang him two weeks ago and had a chat to him because he was linked with the Gold Coast. And, I, you know, when, when this sort of stuff happens, and I, I was going to call him last week actually because um, there were some other whispers going around. I just didn't do it because another journo chased him up and... You know, it's hard when you look back at it and think, mate, I just wish I'd spoken to him one more time, you know. Um, he was such a good bloke, you know. Well, I, he's obviously a great coach and a great player, but just such a good bloke, Tone, you know, and it's just really sad. It's really, so, really hard to talk about him, you know. So, And I know other blokes are doing it harder than me because, you know, I knew him well, but, I, you know, I wouldn't say I was – he wasn't like my best mate or – but 
you know, I knew him quite well as a, a from around rugby league. Obviously, covered his whole career and the end of his career as a player, and then as a coach. And um, you know, I just feel for everyone who's blokes like Peter Parr and Lawrence Lansini and JT who was really close to him. Yeah. You know, how t- and his family, obviously, how tough it is. And I suppose spoke to Shane Richardson yesterday, and he was like a son to Richo. You know, so, you know, those guys are doing it really tough, and I, I really feel for them at the moment. Yeah. And there is, there's a sense of helplessness about oh, it's it just in all, these situations. Well, as I said, you just feel like, I just wish I'd rung him last week and had one, you know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have changed anything. Like no. me talking, it wouldn't no. have changed anything. But just wish I had one more chance to talk to him and... Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think everybody learns from that that we always, if we have the opportunity, would have that that chance to talk to people when well, we do do it. Mm. We pick up the phone and we do call. Uh, talk to me about your relationship with him. Obviously, state of origin most recently. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think first of all, my condolences and uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to the Green family in in such a tough time. And um, you know, I, I had a fair bit to do with Greeny. Uh, I remember as a 12-year-old in the development, as a young kid in the Broncos, he was there, um, you know, coaching and, and you know, last year with Origin as well. Um, as a coach, he was always willing to help. He was always willing to, I suppose, um, put his hand up whether with whatever it was. But, um, you know, I think the, the best thing about Greeny was, he, as Reedy touched on, he was such a good bloke and, such an approachable guy that you could sit down and have a beer with and and have a laugh and um yeah it is pretty hard to talk about and a massive shock and um you know I just I hope in these tough times that you know his family's getting all the help that they can and um everyone that's struggling um you know uh, speaking out and um, I suppose remembering Greeny for the for the great bloke that he was. He's a very smart cookie too, wasn't oh, he? Had his pilot's licence. Been to Harvard. Yeah. Did different of those Harvard courses, yeah. Greeny, that some, I think Christian Welch has gone and done it and a few yeah. others. Um, you know, I loved the beer and a laugh. Had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Had a bit of small man syndrome, <laughs> Greeny. When he had a few beers, he got a bit angry and, you know, um, but yeah, very intelligent guy. Good. Very smart. It's, it's, so, it's so hard to get your head around, isn't it? Yeah, Tony, I just really haven't been able to process it, to be honest. I, I, it just... It just didn't fit the criteria, you know, and, and, it, and it just shows that, you know, this just doesn't discriminate and it's been a big learning curve for me and I've, I've reached out to some people over the last couple of days and, and Reedy's been one of them, you know, we've been able to sort of text and message each other just trying to, to understand it and, you know, take the, the athlete and the coach and the mentor away and just, just focus on the family man, you know, and I just haven't been able to get my head around the fact that he was able to make that decision around, you know, the family and the people that he loved and needed him so much and he could get to that point. And, um, the, the, yeah, I've just been overwhelmed with sadness, actually, the last couple of days. And like Reedy, I just haven't been able to um, – I've, I've really struggled to talk about it. I was driving down to Brisbane yesterday and I was just, you know, just tears the whole way. I just I just don't know where to put it. Mm. To be honest, it's so hard when you don't know why tone. You know, when when yeah. when people pass away from illness or or something like that, you sort of you don't like it, but you sort of accept it because you know a reason. And this one, you just it's just so hard to fathom why he would he would do it. You know, and um, yeah. yeah, that is the thing. I mean, how do you know what's in the mind of a man? Yeah. Really, uh, that is the the difficult thing. And we always ask, and again, if you or anyone needs help, uh, or, or if this. You find this conversation confronting. Lifeline is always there for a conversation. 13, 11, 14 is that number to take advantage of it. Uh, but we talk about people who are in that situation and there we ask them to reach out and speak to people. Mm. But, but you're right, I guess sometimes when there are people are in those 
dark spots. It's difficult for them to yeah. look outward and, and, and try to seek that help. So somehow, and I know like Gussie Wall, uh, Wallen and Gotcha for Life and those people, there's a lot of people who in that space are very helpful in, in trying to get us to reach in, I guess, to, you know. Ask uh, the right questions yeah, to yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if a guy like, if Greeny was popular and that and everyone has come out in the support now, couldn't find a way to, to communicate that where he was or didn't have the people asking the right questions or whatever. I mean, it just, it, it, the mind boggles of the people that don't have that sort of reach and don't have that sort of network around them. So, yeah, just trying to ask and understand, you know, what the right questions are. And as Australian males, we're always, oh, yeah, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. all good, yeah. And you move on to the next topic. But yeah, exactly. you know, sometimes how about we those need to the surface a little <laughs> That's bit. That's exactly yeah. right, Ryan. That's what yeah. we do. We, we just hide that stuff and push it down. And we know what the stats are like for Australian men. They're very poor in, in this space. Certainly young Australian men, but so too with middle-aged Australian men. The stats from, you know, men 40s and 50s. Uh, very poor. And I guess a lot of that is about they, you know, what's my third act mm. in my story? You know, that Well, the has... thing is he had a coaching job yeah, and he was absolutely. about to go into it. The Dolphins, I mean, he'd spoken away and I yep. think they were right down to sort of negotiating the final parts of the deal. So he was about to make a comeback to coaching. And I mean, uh, I, 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 we as media probably got to take – well, don't, we, we don't know the reasons for it, right? But we as media – um, and I wrote a little bit about this, that, you know, Greeny, at the end of his time at North Queensland, there was this perception that he was overbearing and wore down the players. And, and then every time he got linked with a job, that, that sort of part of it got brought back up. Yep. And, you know, I can't imagine he would have enjoyed reading that or, or hearing that. Um, and, you know, getting linked with every job when it became available and not getting it, you know, I imagine that would have eaten away at him a bit. But I mean, I don't know if that's I don't know if no. that's got anything to, also, do, with, to do with it. You also it. think Reddy really such a like he's a guy like with his career, and you spoke about it, his stature, you know, mm. like he he wasn't a big guy, and and he was a high achiever, and mm. his attention to detail apparently around the way that he played, I witnessed that, but also in the way that he coached, you know, and so you've got this guy that's just got so much to give, and for a couple of years he's got nowhere to put it. Mm. There's no, there's no, he's a results driven guy, you know, and regardless of, you know, his family and emotional life, you know, he's a guy that obviously needed something to be working on in a project, you know, because he's passionate about what he does. And, and I just think, you know, probably just not being involved in the game and not being able to use all those resources, you know, yeah. for a long, long period of time was just hard for him to, to deal with. I mean, yeah. So really, so sad. It's so terribly, terribly sad. So, but moving, I guess, away from the specific to the general. In your in your column in today's paper, you, you talk about the responsibility or, or urging the NRL yeah. to look more closely at, at coaches. Well, they were trying to form a coaches association a few years ago. It was three, yeah. three or four years ago now, um, and there were a couple of problems with it. Initially, the clubs were happy to, for the NRL to fund it, but it was on the proviso, proviso that um, coaches weren't managed by agents that also managed players, that they didn't get commercial deals that conflicted with the club. So there were a few roadblocks in the way and then COVID hit. So the funding sort of um, never never happened. Um, and there's a couple of blokes, Mal and Brian Cannon are still working on it, but Brian's only part-time. Um, they need $400,000 for this coach association. That's all. You know, we're at a point right now where we're dealing with, we're in player negotiations and the player, you know, the salary cap's going to be anywhere from 11 to 12 million next year across each club. So you're going to, what's that, 117 clubs, $180 million. Coaches Association needs $400,000 to start. That's to get a CEO um, and uh, someone who can take charge of their IT and so on. And it's a no-brainer for me. I mean, 
you know, coaches are under as much stress, if not more than anyone in the game, Absolutely. and they don't really have anyone to fall back on. They don't, you know, the AFL is an amazing coaches association. They do um, twice yearly um, mental welfare checks on the on the on the coaches. I think it is. Um, they give them all sorts of help and all sorts of they can do study tours and have people talk to them. And the, we need it in the NRL. It just has to happen. It's four hundred thousand dollars time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There is so much pressure. There are so few spots available to those coaches and uh, it's a, a tough, tough gig. All right. Once again, uh, if you or anyone you know needs help or uh, struggles with uh, issues in the conversations such as these, uh, Lifeline's there, 13 11 14. It's a Saturday Scrum. Triple M, Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Ryan Girdler, Brent Reed, Jai Arrow, my name is Tony Squires. 26 0, the Bunnies over Parramatta. They are absolutely coming, and their coach, Jason Dimitrio, joins us right here, right now. Congratulations on absolute top draw effort last night. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Tell me this. Uh, uh, was it the last few minutes that pleased you most? Because I was watching it, oh, it must have been four, three minutes to go. There was no reason uh, for the defence that was displayed. There was no reason really to worry about them scoring a try. The game was won, yet your team scrambled and didn't let them through. Yeah, it was. It was um, yeah, seeing that motivation to keep that clean sheet's obviously um, pretty pleasing as a case. But it was a 10, 15-minute period at the start of the second half where they came out and um, put us under a lot of pressure and we had to defend our line for four or five sets and eventually got the ball and got a penalty in yardage and went up the other end and posted points straight away and I, I thought that was a, a really pleasing period of the game. Jason Ryan Girdler, mate, congratulations on the uh, yeah on the on this part of the season on a great little run there. Is it something that you would you know it was a slow start of the season? Is there a reason you think you guys started so slowly and then sort of a built towards the back end of the season? Yeah, hey, Gerds. Um, yeah, I think there's a few different reasons. I think, um, you know, for us making the grand final and there was an extra two weeks uh, extended off-season, so that meant 10 weeks. So it was like first week of January before our players were due back. And when I say that, that's the whole squad. Um, and then, obviously, COVID had hit around that time and we had probably 75% of our players get it in that first two weeks. So... Again, there was more protocols in and around the COVID at the time, and uh, that pushed our pre-season back to the back end of January. But we also had operations to key players. Uh, Cameron Murray had shoulder surgery. Latrell Mitchell had knee, knee clean out. Um, and uh, Lachlan Ilias had uh, back surgery. So our key players in our positions weren't training together, and that was probably the biggest problem. And then mm. on top of that, we started with probably the toughest draw in the first four rounds. And... Um, yeah, it, it was always going to be a, a bit of a slow burn, but yeah, I can't be prouder of the boys at, at how they've stuck to it. And I said to a, a mate of mine this morning that one of the things we did really well, although we weren't stringing you know, wins together in sequence, we weren't losing games back to back to back either. And that's what's kept us in touch to, to go on this run at the back end. Jason, Brent Reid, mate. Um, you've obviously... Uh, Put together that sequence of really great performances of late. I mean, everyone's made a big deal out of Latrell, and I'm sure we get asked about Latrell and how well he's playing. But is anyone aside from Latrell and Jaira sitting beside us? So maybe you can leave him out. <laughs> is anyone aside from Latrell who you think uh, has really stepped up in the past month or two, or really um, gone under the ra- radar for the way they've played? Yeah, I, to be honest, I think it's our pack. Um, 
you know, Jai obviously is there and, um, you know, he's been outstanding. Cam Murray, Junior Tatola, uh, Tom Burgess before he got injured, Keon Kualamantungi. I think our pack goes unnoticed. Um, but for us internally, we have so much value in, in what they do and they lay a really good platform, especially off the back of Cam's ball playing ability, um, but also the work that they do. And, you know, you throw Damian Cook in there too. We've you know, got a really strong pack that, that does a, lays a great platform for our key players. Hey, JD, it's Jai here, mate. Don't worry, it's weird for me as well asking you a question. <laughs> but um, the boys in here just want to know who your favourite player is in the team, why it's Cody Walker, and, and can you get him to stop bullying me, please? Um, firstly, no, I can't get him to stop bullying you because it's probably the highlight of my week. But, um, I don't know if Cody is my favourite. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not told on that. I think I've got more of a man crush on Cam than Cody. But yeah. I think we all, we all do, JD. <laughs> I think we all do. Let, it's the worst part of my week. It's the worst part of my week sitting in press conferences next to that handsome fellow. <laughs> uh, he's the best bloke in the world as well, JD. What about uh, yeah, what about Cam? I, I said earlier on the show, I think he's the form player of the competition at the moment. And when you go out west and you and you play the Eels, and they're known for you know for bashing packs up, and they've done a good job of that of late. And your guys just tear them apart through the middle of the field on the back of that number thirteen, who you know over two hundred meters again last night, forty something tackles, and gets the ball just as much as anyone else in uh, in the team as well as and that combination that he's now starting to build again with Damian Cook. I mean, things couldn't be better for the middle third of your team at the moment, mate. Yeah, it's, you know, again, it's really good to see Cam get some rhythm in his game and he's, again, had a disrupted start to the season, uh, then had the shoulder surgery pre-origin and then went into the origin period. So it's really good to have him in and around the place. Uh, and the, I think his leadership's growing. Uh, every week he's starting to get more comfortable uh, in that space as well, and that's starting to reflect on on what he's doing on the field. I feel like he's got less um, noise in his head at the moment. He's just playing footy and he's enjoying what he's doing. And like I said, I think you know he's he's got a good support crew around him in, in the boys in our pack. They're doing a great job. You lost uh, Lachlan Elias uh, not long before game day, and then of course uh, Dan Hawkins comes in. He takes over the kicking early. Looked good. Uh, played very well. Yeah, he's outstanding, Dino, and. Um, he's been a guy who's been in our system. He's a South junior. Uh, he made a, he made a couple of cup games last year, but his last game, I think he played against Melbourne. We had about 10 players missing, and it was a lot of lamb to the slaughter a, a little bit. So I was really excited to see him play with with our strongest team out there, and uh, he held his own. He's got one of the best kicking games I've seen for a young fellow, and uh, we call him Footy Dean. Yeah. Uh, he's good He's good to get on YouTube. You'll get some of his good classic videos when he was a kid. But oh, really? He's probably got some... Probably got some material to add someone to. Yeah, have a look. Uh, I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. JD, I've got to ask you a little troll question. I know you one of one of the things you did last year. I think it was you went and spent some time with the company's farm just to work on that relationship. Um, and you seem yep. to have a great relationship with him. W- what's been the key to sort of unlock unlock unlocking Latrell? Yeah, I think it's with um, all the players, but in, in particular Latrell because he gets so much attention. He can be quite guarded with. For me, it's been the best part of the succession plan that I've been able to earn the trust off the boys and get to know them as as young blokes as well prior to taking over as head coach. And, um, you know, that, that has been a real advantage. And, yeah, just going and seeing him in his in his home and where he's comfortable, I think making the effort to go there, which all obviously respected that. But uh, we took the whole team up there in pre-season this year as well. And 
I know how much that meant to him to have the team up there and the boys see um, why he's so proud of the area he's from. And, yeah, he, he's just loving uh, being part of the team at the moment and, um, and he's quite infectious in and around the place. All right, well, just looking ahead here, you've got the, the Panthers who have come back to the peloton a little bit uh, at the moment. You've got your Cowboys, you've got the Roosters. So it's, it's a tough run in, but you sit there just in fifth spot at the moment. Do you dare to dream that top four spot? Yeah, obviously it's there, but like I said to the boys, we, all we can concentrate on is making some good choices through the week and valuing that 80 minutes and, and putting the performance in that we can. And if we keep getting the two points, the ladder position will take care of itself at the end of the year. But there's no doubt to, to get that top four, we need to win every game. And, um, you know, we're, we're one down and three to go now. So, um, yeah, we need to do that to put pressure on those teams above us. J.D. Jason here, who's obviously got the day off. Um, I assume you're giving him the weekend off. Maybe what, what do you do with yourself? How do you relax, unwind? Make good choices. <laughs> yeah, make good choices. Uh, I sit in my car on the side of the road and have chats to you, mate. I don't know what I'm doing. But, um, yeah, no, I'll spend some time with the girls, um, my wife, and yeah, take the dog for a walk down to Cronulla and just yeah, get away from footy uh, till Monday. It's, yeah, it gets pretty hectic this time of year, so... Uh, when we get the weekend like this, it's uh, probably important. To Will you watch all the games? So I can go in and. Um, I won't watch them all. Um, I will tonight. I'm really looking forward to seeing that that game go tonight, the uh, Roosters and uh, Cowboys game. But I'll, I'll always be flicking and checking results or watching highlights when my missus isn't checking on me. Um, <laughs> making sure I'm sneaking the phone out at dinner or whatever it is. But um, yeah, no, nah, like, yeah. I, I've probably taught myself not to watch as much um, this time of year because, yeah, otherwise it gets a bit draining and um, I'll be yawning at training a fair bit. <laughs> Jason, Dimitri, I imagine, though, that family time will be even uh, more important for you this weekend given what's gone on, given Paul Green. I know, obviously, you work together at the Cowboys. How have you kind of coped with that and processed it? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty tough to get your head around it, to be honest. Um, it's not something I would have ever contemplated um, for Greeny. I just didn't think that, um, you know, he would be the, the bloke who was having that kind of problems, but just goes to show it doesn't discriminate. Um, the biggest thing I really feel for Amanda, she's a, a beautiful lady, and Emerson and Jody's son, it's such tragic news for, for them in the game. And, um, yeah, it was... Yeah, it's heartbreaking to see. All right, well, thank you so much. for. Uh, I know it's difficult to talk about, but uh, you go home and you enjoy your family. Uh, and thank you so much for having a chat with us. No worries. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. There is uh, South Sydney's Jason Demetrio. He's such a good bloke. I haven't really spent a lot of time with him. Is he as sort of straight up and open as he seems? No, absolutely, but he always he always likes to have a joke as well. Um, as he said before, his best part of the week is me getting bullied. So <laughs> that's all you want. Nah, but he, he's such a a good fella, um, such a good coach as well. And um, with our side, he's doing a tremendous job, and and you can see why the South Sydney, um, I suppose South Sydney staff put have put the faith in him to take this team on for you know years to come. All right, we might have a look at the other side of that equation. Uh, the Eels, no points. Uh, Rabbitohs, 26. That's next Saturday Scrum. The Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy.
Tony Gerds, really dry arrow with you. Looking at the uh, the ladder. This is the live ladder, of course, after the games we've had so far uh, this week. Panthers, as I said, they are coming back to the peloton a bit. 38 points they sit on. The Cowboys now 32, uh, game in hand. Storm on 30, Sharks on 30. It's a good-looking top eight already. Rabbitohs 28 after last night's win over the Eels, which puts them also at 28, but just seemingly heading in the wrong direction. Then it's the Broncos. Lots of questions now about them on 26 points. And the Roosters at the moment in eighth spot on 24, seemingly gathering momentum and heading up the table. The Raiders then sit on 22, have to do with uh, against the Dragons tomorrow without Supercoach Ricky Stewart. Uh, it's just, Brent Reed. it's an interesting set of uh, names and numbers, isn't mm. it? It's got interesting, hasn't it? Yeah, hasn't it's, it? it's slowly whittling down, though. I think we had about 11 in the race. Your Dragons were selling the race a week ago. You could yeah. put, probably put a line through them. Oh, and, no, no. And Te- man, the text has gone through them. And it's a big week. The, the Raiders need to win this weekend to, to keep themselves alive. But, geez, the bottom of the, you look at the top four, obviously good sides in the top four. Geez, that bottom four is yeah. some mm. good teams in there, too. It's going to be... Now that top eight's going to be a red. It's going to be a red hot race. Good final it, series. It also, it also feels really that the, the, the sort of semis are going to start early, right? Over yeah. the next couple of weeks, there's probably three or four games every weekend that are going to are they going to count to to mm. the finals um, makeup and where some of these teams land. So. Uh, you saw a little bit of that last night, obviously South Sydney and that dominant performance uh, over the Eels. You saw a little bit of that on Thursday night where, you know, a couple of sides now are really trying to, you know, put their mark on the competition, especially defensively South Sydney last night and the Melbourne Storm on Thursday night. So, um, yeah, lots to play for over the next couple of weeks, Tone. And 3 o'clock today on Triple M, you're going to get the uh, the Roosters and the Cowboys. And Absolutely that's enormous. just a mouth-watering affair. Absolutely yeah. enormous. Well, what, what about the Eels? I know, Jai, that you didn't think they were as bad as the scoreline reflects, 26-0. Uh, but are we putting the big – I mean, they, they've come off two good performances, uh, yeah. let's face it. And then has uh, anybody prepared now to put the big, thick, red texture through the Parramatta Eels? I don't think they can win it. They're not consistent enough. And the moment you'd think they'd finish in the bottom four, and that means you've got to win four games in a row to win the grand final. And I, the way they're playing, they can't do that. They haven't been able to do it all year. Why would they do it in the finals? I, especially against the really, really good teams in the comp. I mean, obviously getting Mitch back, Mitch Moses back will help yep. them immensely, right? And he's, he'll be back in maybe a week, maybe two. But to win four games around the finals against the quality of teams are going to be in that top eight, yep. I just think it's beyond them at the moment. At the moment. Yeah, I don't believe the Parramatta can win it from the bottom four either, Tone. Mm-hmm. I think if they would have scrambled and got to the top four, they're, they're a good enough side on their day to beat anyone. They've shown that, but their consistency is the issue, and they, they're not sort of – they've had a little bit of momentum, but, yeah, they're, they're best and their worst seem to be too far apart. And from the bottom four, I just – I don't think they can do it. And Jaya doesn't serve you anything any good to <laughs> comment on that at all, really, does it? Nah, not really. I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. But you look at their run. I mean, if they were to stay where they are now, they'd face Brisbane in week one. Yep. You give them hope there. It'd be it'd be Bank West. Then they could potentially play, you know, they could go against Melbourne. And then they have to beat potentially the Cowboys to get to Penrith in the grand final. I mean, how can they do it? They can't yeah. do that the way they're playing. Have we had a winner from the bottom of the uh, bottom four? No. I, I don't think we have. Are no, we in the did, NRL did era? Did the Tigers win? What were they when they in won? 2005. Were they fifth? Third, I'm pretty sure. Were they third? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll check. Okay. We'll check and, and make sure we've got that look it up. Exactly. But the system's changed as well now. Yeah. Obviously, back then it used to be different. But what hasn't changed system. seems to have been the inconsistencies in the Eels. This is what Coach Brad Arthur had to say. I thought physically we were 
well off the pace through the middle. They kick a first kick off, they rolled 60 metres. We didn't go to the contest through the middle of the field physically. We lacked physicality. If you're not going to be physical, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You don't give yourself a chance. We lacked it badly. Consistency is a bit of a buzzword in footy. Are you concerned that the gap between your best and your worst is just still so far? Yeah, it's not great. But, you know, we're not worried about consistency right now. I'm worried about, you know, there was, like I said, there was no physicality through the middle third of the field and we just got steamrolled. Got a real want and desire to start that way and put your body on the line. And, you know, it was obvious that we didn't have it. That's what, then we paid the price for it. Clearly sending the messages there to the uh, the big blokes in the middle about being physical. Uh, you're, that's exactly where you were, Jai Arrow, last night. What was the – just talk us through it, the physicality of the game. I thought it was a, a fast physical game to start off with. And as you said, I, I don't really think the score reflected on, on how tough the game sort of was. And, um, you know, personally, I think we were on last night and um, we kept turning up for each other. But – um, yeah, that's definitely a tough one because uh, I definitely felt, felt out there that it was physical and, um, you know, I definitely ate a few elbows last night, that's for sure. <laughs> Can you feel it when you are? Because you, the, the team certainly was on last night from the, you know, the word go. It was very tough those first two minutes, but then it looked like, you know, you'd blow away. That Cody Walker playing great footy had one try disallowed as well and we all know about Luttrell, Cam Murray. But did you know beforehand, do you feel, feel it in the warm-up? Do you feel it during the week? You know, and we're kind of, we're ready to go here. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that was you know a big focus on during the week. We knew Para um, were desperate like ourselves to to get that win and get that two points, and uh, we wanted to be on at training. And it all starts on the training paddock. And JD's had us, um, I suppose, doing a lot of reps out there on the training field, and um, he sort of freshened us up at the start of the week uh, because we had a short turnaround as well. So um, that definitely helped. But uh, we knew Para were going to come out firing, especially at Combank, and there was a lot spoken about their record against us but it, it was definitely a tough sort of physical hard game um you know th- probably up until um it sort of got away from them in the end no team has won the uh nrl premierships in the nrl era, era. all made the grand final or oh, sorry two have made the grand final Parramatta in 09 cowboys in 17 from Tony, outside the top Tony four. soprano's come up with that he's just sent it through so I that's, love it. That's so is this the year if the rabbitos sat there if it was like it is sitting there You'd give a couple of teams a chance, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's tough, but the way they're playing. I love it. There's uh, so much to look forward to over the next uh, few weeks and so much to look forward to listening to over the next couple of hours on the Saturday Scrum. The Triple M. Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Nice to have your company, Reddy. I just want to take you to task a little about uh, something else in in a column that you wrote today. Yep. Saying that Australian golfer Cam Smith uh, had every right, and in fact, who wouldn't? Mm. Who wouldn't take the money being offered on the Live Golf Tour? Now he's been offered allegedly something like a hundred million dollars, and apparently it's to gone play. up tone since he won the Open Championship. Well, of course, US, he, he, that he's is. number US. two in the world at, yeah. at the moment. I saw number the one number one in the world walked across his line on the green. <laughs> Scotty Scheffler, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of bad blood going on. Now this, of course, is uh, the you know, Greg Norman, the Saudi regime, mm. responsible for uh, all kinds of horrendous acts. You're saying that you would take the money. Well, who wouldn't, Tony? Well, we're talking about that's life-changing. I know it... Life-changing. So it's being dismembered like a journalist. Well, well I understand you know. that, but it's, it's a bit... It's very hypocritical, right? Because we trade with Saudi Arabia, do we not? People, the sporting organisations all around the world deal with Saudi Arabia. Why, why is it... Why is it an issue for... Well, because the 
for it's, the live it's tour. It's a direct offer from you and direct link from you to Saudi Arabia. Well, you can't make you, you can't make decisions for everybody football, down the track. They own Newcastle, a football team in the Premier League. Yeah, well, I don't support them. <laughs> but yeah, it's a bit. I don't know. I don't think he's overtly, deliberately um, condone. He's not condoning what happened there. No, he's what's, not doing the, carrying or, out the public executions yeah. himself. No, but no, uh, yeah, and him. at some point, you know what, Tony? It mm-hmm. always happens when these rebel leagues start. They come together, right? In two years' time or whatever, the Greg will have signed enough blokes that the PGA, PGA Tour won't have a choice. They'll have to come together and they'll merge. And and Cam will have missed out on a hundred and fifty million dollar payday. And what other he, guys will have got he, it. What did he get paid for winning the oh, Open? Two and, or three and, mil. Two or three mil. Jai Arrow, would you take the money? Come on. Oh, geez, you're, you're, you're right the I don't know the backstory of this, but a hundred million on a contract, yeah, I'd probably sign. Well, I'd say I'd sell myself for that. At least not honest. Not being serious, but <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Is your soul? Are you, I mean, your body's probably worth more than your soul at the moment. Adam. Yeah, <laughs> are you, are yeah, you yeah, saying, Tony, yeah. you would say no to that? That's what I'm saying. Someone <laughs> right, right. hundred mil cash sitting in front of you. What do you do? You sign on the dotted line? Hundred percent, you are. Um, how, how well do you know me? <laughs> he knows you're shallow, Tony. Yeah, shallow as <laughs> a car park puddle. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Girdler, what are you doing? Hundred million dollars. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm having. Well, I mean, I I, I jumped I jumped ship to Super League back yeah, in the day, Tony. Right. So I mean, yeah, enough <laughs> said. Right? You have no soul. <laughs> Welcome to Tony's Spotting Quiz. Uh, <clears throat> How are you? Uh, how are you going, Joe? How were you at quizzes at school? Yeah, it was all right. You're okay. We'll okay. see how we go again. All right, I remember then. doing this last yeah, time. Yeah, I know. You did very well. Uh, you'll once again have to use your names as buzzers. If you wouldn't mind testing those for me, please. Ready? Skipper. Jai. Jai. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. All right. <laughs> we're ready to go. Question number one. Whose name am I spelling backwards? Oh. R-E-L-D-R-I. G. Girdler, Ryan Girdler. Yes! <laughs> well, you What's <laughs> doing? <laughs> My head was spinning then. Oh, I didn't say, really? Ryan Girdler. <laughs> oh, Tony, what are you doing? Tony? You were nowhere near it, were you, Ryan? To be uh, honest, you had. <laughs> no, I was thinking you would. You usually do kind of players I'm not thinking about. You usually yeah, just say the buzzer. Been. What are you doing? I didn't what? say the buzzer, yeah. No, you didn't say uh, the buzzer, so all yeah, points go to dry. Australia's 1,000th Commonwealth Games gold medal was won by who? 1,000th all-time Commonwealth Games gold medal. Reedy? Yes, Reedy. The diver. The the Diamonds netball team beating Jamaica. Uh, You won't get this, but I just wanted to say it. Who played the last grand final at the SCG? Reedy? Yes, Reedy. Oh, no. I was going to say, no, say um, Manly Newcastle. Oh, it's, not, it's is Manly it? and Cronulla beat yeah, them 18-8. Yeah. Uh, who said that Greg Alexander's claims about Melbourne wrestling was stupid and arrogant? Skipper. Yes, Skipper. Matty Tripp? He did say that. And speaking of that, name three wrestling moves allegedly created Skipper. by Melbourne. <laughs> Skipper. <laughs> the Crusher? Yes. The Bottle Top? Bottle top? What do they call it? The, um, What's that? That's the, the bottle top. That's that. There's a bottle top. Is there a bottle top? <laughs> a rolling pin? The, the, there the, is the, a rolling um, pin. The cannonball? Yes. Cannonball's What's good. the one where they take the top? The Chicken wing. Chicken, Chicken wing. wing. Chicken wing, yeah. yeah. And, of course, the, the hip drop, hip drop uh, as the well. Hip drop. James Tedesco. That was very good. Well done, Skipper. James Tedesco Thank plays you. his 200th game today. 
What's the square root of 200? <laughs> oh. Reedy, uh, 11. Yes, uh, Reedy. Uh, 12 point, no, 13 points, 6, 8, 12, 2. Well, wow. close. It's 14.1421356237, but I would have accepted to two decimal places. Who did Jai Arrow <laughs> score his first NRL try for the Broncos in Jai. their 2016 win over who? Melbourne. Yes. yes, Melbourne Storm is correct. Alex Johnson moved to eighth on the all-time try scorers list last night, now has 161. Who is his next target on 163? Hmm. That's a Reedy? question, yes, Reedy. Steve Mendes? No, it's no, not it's Steve Mendes. Another manly player, Jai. Oh, is it? A, I was going to say Morris. Brett Stewart. Brett Stewart is correct. Congratulations. Uh, I think, Skipper, you are the winner. Oh, that was a short one. <laughs> it is. Well, I'm looking at the time. It's a Saturday's crown. Hmm. Our mates at King G. Welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrub. Yeah, good day, buddy. Hope you're having a great afternoon. We're heading, uh, counting down two hours now. Roosters taking on the Cowboys at the beautiful Sydney Cricket Ground. Should be a great game of rugby league. A lot hangs in the balance on that. Of course, it is. Uh, over the top of that is the very, very sad Paul Green story. He had great connections with both of those clubs. So uh, they will certainly want to be paying tribute to him this afternoon. Uh, my name is Tony Squires, Brent Reed, Ryan Girdler, Jai Arrow with you. Uh, Jai coming in, of course, on the back of a terrific win, 26-0 South Sydney over the Eels. Just looking at our scoreboards across the uh, game so far. Uh, the Storm also holding the Panthers to nil, 16-0. They've got the Panthers down on troops. We'll get to that game very shortly. Uh, and then it was the Warriors, 42 over the Bulldogs, 18. Uh, okay, one of the stories that's been bubbling along during the week has been Ricky Stewart. His Canberra side will uh, take on the Dragons and was a crucial game for them in terms of a spot in the eight. They will have to do it without Ricky Stewart, the coach, who is not allowed any contact whatsoever, his punishment, along with the $25,000 fine for the words he said about Penrith player uh, Salmon. Uh, now, what, what are your thoughts? Was the, the penalty absolutely justified, right length, right mm. severity? I don't think they had a choice, Tony, given... Yep. I mean, Ricky's been fined ad, nause- ad nauseum over the years. Yeah, so another, up to 130000 yeah, So another fine wouldn't have... Wouldn't have Damaged him at all, Rick, and I th- and I think given given what he said and the circumstances and the public nature of it, I, the NRL had to come come down harder. Ricky, Ricky's apologised for it. Um, he knows he did the wrong thing. Um, the punishment. Oh, look, I, I don't mind the idea of ban. They do it in European football. Yeah. They ban managers from games, but they they don't ban the communication with the players and the team, and they don't ban them from um, being around the side during the week. They actually just ban them on game day. Which I, I think is just easier to police. You know, yeah, how do they police that midweek stuff anyway? Well, it's Rick? impossible. You've got to do it on yeah. trust, really. You've got to trust that, that Ricky and the club and the players are, are doing the right thing. But, you know, I, um, I think that... Can't may, we I, forensically examine their phones? Well, you could, but I'm not sure that you would be able... Because the, the NRL can get access to yeah. phones, but I'm not sure they get access to phones for something like this. I think that's for more... Severe things. So what they've said, uh, I think Andrew Abdu said during the week that they know that the severity of what would happen if they were to be caught out, rather than saying we are going to try to catch them out. Just... But I think it's hard, you know it's hard when Ricky's so involved with a lot of those players, and Donny Fern is his best. Donny Fern is his CEO. He's also his best mate. So we're saying Donny actually can't ring Ricky to see how he's going. He's his best mate. They went to school mm. together, high school together. I mean, well, the, well, there are consequences, really. Well, I there understand, are consequences I understand that. This but is what I'm saying is that's. I'm, and I believe he should, look. I have no issue with him being banned from going to the game. I think if you gave him two games, I wouldn't have a problem. What I'm saying is, 
I think it's difficult to police and I think it's diff- it's a difficult ask to say to those players and people like Donnie Ferner, who, as I said, has known Ricky yep. for 40 years and is his best mate, went to school together, played in the halves together for St Edmunds College, that he can't communicate with him. I just think that's a bit over the top. I don't mind the fact that he's banning for game or two games. That's great. I, I have no issue with that because what Ricky did was wrong. Ricky knows he did the wrong thing. Cameron knows he did the wrong thing. That's why they put their hand up and said, we accept the sanction. I'm yeah. just saying you make, it, you make it really difficult to, for yourself to be able to police that. Yeah, it was absolutely the wrong thing. I mean, uh, Jamin Salmon, I don't know what kind of bloke he is. I don't know, I mean, know, know nothing about him. But certainly what he was being attacked for was something when he was 11 years old. Mm. 12, 11, 11 or 12, 11 yeah, or 12 yeah. years old. I mean, yeah. people can change yes. a, a lot. You and know, if you speak to people at Penrith, they will tell you he has yeah, changed. He's I a mean, different guy to what he was yeah, 10 years absolutely. ago. You know, he was a child then. Mm. He was literally a child. Uh, you know, don't get it all. Just in terms of that punishment, um, Jairo, if Jason Demetria, your coach, if he was not allowed, I mean, obviously with COVID, there's plenty of experiences now for players where their coach isn't there on game day and their assistant coaches fill in that spot. In terms of not having any communication whatsoever, would it be a weird thing? Yeah, I think so. It'd, be, it'd definitely be different, but um, you, I suppose Canberra are fine for a spot, so they've just got to move on with things and make sure and they're doing the right things to, to look at getting a win this week. But it definitely would be weird, but something you just have to put up with, you know, in these in these sort of weird times, even with COVID as well. So, um, yeah, wishing them all the best. Are you really? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I'm not a spiteful guy. I'm not a spiteful guy. I uh, do wish teams the best, but not, not too Have well. you ever had a coach bag you? Have you ever had a coach... Oh, I've had a coach spray me, yeah, or bag me. Opposition oh, you mean coach. Opposition, opposition coach? Opposition coach? Oh, um, yeah, Origin 2020. Oh, yeah, Freddie wasn't too yeah, happy, right, which I, it's very understandable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, mm. that's true. You were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a unique Thank situation, you. though, Tony, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, it's not, I mean, a sanction for something like that that we've never really seen before, and I doubt that we'll ever see again. It's not really yeah. about the sanction. It's. A, I, I think the NRL was sort of obliged to represent the family and just say, well, you know, out of respect for what you guys have now gone through, this is going to be the sanction uh, and, and I think we all just need to move on from it. Yep. You know, I mean, what, what other way can you look at it, Tone? It's such a unique situation and those, um, you know, coaches and players go into those press conferences at the end of the game, they're full of emotion and there's lots of things going through their head and uh, yep. unfortunately, you know, Ricky just got it wrong. Yeah. And, and look, and he's terrific, and what he does for the community and various elements of the community in uh, Canberra is absolutely phenomenal. It was weird that he didn't apologise to the Salmon family, he apologised to his own family for, yeah. for them having to put up what's going on. All right, yeah, just, just, this is a hodgepodge of things I always wanted to quick chat about. <laughs> Dave Clemmer and the Newcastle Knights. What's, is, he, is he listed to run out this weekend after last week's... Uh, uh, and he was taken. And he's in the team up. sheet. He's so, in the team sheet. That's good. Yep. So there's the, the love is back. What's the uh, latest? Well, he's back, obviously, Tony, and him and um, Hayden Knowles, the trainer, he clashed with of um, smoke the peace pipe, and you know, obviously, Clem's been their best player this year. I think he's. I think we said previously he's already won their players player of the year award. He won it two weeks ago or something. So, um, you know, he's got one year left on his deal up there. I know Adam O'Brien's a fan of his, the coach. Um, so it's all happy families again. Jairo, he'd be one of the blokes uh, you'd love to run stupidly fast into. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. So I don't know about that. A little bit of footwork, try and get in between him. He's um, he's a big boy, but he he's playing tremendous footy this year. Yeah. He's been the Knights' best player, and um, obviously 
the different circumstances that obviously went on with that situation that I don't really know about, but I'm sure he'll, he'll put his best foot forward and, and make sure he's playing good footy for the rest of the year for the Knights. Have you ever fobbed off the trainer or told him, I'm not coming not coming off, or what? Uh, Surely. Oh, yes, yeah, so I did it last night, actually. I oh, blew, up, blew up with the trainer. <laughs> so why are you taking me off? Um, but... <laughs> Um, it happens quite regularly, guys. Yeah. Try to avoid the drama. I mean, that sort of stuff happens all the time. And if, if you think about that situation, it was, you know, they're, they're, they've had a pretty ordinary, they've had a really ordinary season. They were getting beat by the Bulldogs. There was 15 or so minutes left to go in the game. And he's, as you said, really been their best player all year. And he wanted to contribute and he wanted to help. And even though I know people say, oh, but the best thing for the team is, you know, getting him off and so forth. It, you know, it just, it shows me that there's a lack of confidence in the organisation at the moment. That, that's what, when you get players pushing back like that, I think, you know, it, it, it's a reflection of that whole place and where it's at. You have a look at the, you know, the, the teams that are going really well and, and the way that, you know, even Jai last night didn't want to go off in players that think that they can obviously contribute more. But, you know, they sprint off to the sideline. They can't wait to get off to let the other guy to go on. They've done their job and so forth. So I think it's just a it's a real reflection yeah. of the Knights and their season so far. When you said, what do you take me off for, Jai? What, what was the re- response? Oh, just to give me a breather. Yeah. I think because my lungs were hanging out. No, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, really, I don't know. I didn't ask did questions. Last night? You were not seen to be on there. Oh, right? close to 70. Oh, yeah. Close to 70, yeah. yeah. Uh, Grateful. <laughs> Grateful. Uh, uh, look, there's plenty more I want to get to, uh, but next we're going to go to the Storm and the Panthers. 16 nil. This is the Saturday Scrum. We do it for King G Workwear. The Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. And Reg Ayara, Ryan Gurley, Tony Squires with you on this Saturday afternoon a couple of weeks ago. Craig Bellamy, super coach Craig Bellamy from Melbourne after I think they'd lost four in a row. Uh, was talking about how do you turn it around. He said, I don't know if we can turn it around. Well, they've done that. They've, as you would expect, never write off the storm. They, uh, they're 16-0 the win over the Panthers. Now, obviously, Gerds, the Panthers went in under strength. They knew they would. Obviously, the halves were out, but uh, there were others, including uh, Dylan Edwards going out at the last minute, which was a, a big loss. He is such mm. a consistent, strong player for them. Uh, but the storm got the job done. Yeah, they were really impressive, and it was just, I think, a defensive mindset, and spoke about that. Uh, some of the sides now going to the back end of the season, they, they they focus on getting their defense right because they know how important that is in the big games. And, yeah, it was just, you could tell they had that attitude, and it was a really physical contest, and the Storm probably have just gone away from that physicality as part of their, you know, the main part of their game over the middle part of the season. I'm sure that's what Craig Bellamy would have been focused on. And uh, they came out, and... Uh, look, Penrith, yeah, no Fisher-Harris, big loss, no Edwards pulled out late, and obviously the halves not being there, so uh, there was a few excuses there, but and they tried hard. I think uh, Martin got injured through the contest, but yeah, just continuity, and obviously the back end of their sets, they struggled at times, and and uh, and, and you spoke about Dylan Edwards, and Staines comes in, but Dylan Edwards is just, you know, he's so important to how they uh, how they perform on a weekly basis. Um, so they weren't at their best, but uh, take nothing away from the Storm, and I think they're scrambled defence. They were able to score 16 points but I think it was just uh, their goal line defence and some of the edges they've really struggled um, defensively over you know the past few months and, and they really put that together. I'm not sure whether that's the inclusion of no Faluma coming in. Obviously um, Coates is back as well so they've got some experienced wingers there now that are probably helping out and maybe the communication with Cam Munster moving to fullback really helped their defence but 
It was a great out. It was a great all-round performance, and Cameron Munster's energy and he's just um, his ability just to get in the contest, even though he doesn't play a lot of fullback, but um, the physicality that he played with and the way that he ran the football, but. He was just everywhere, and um, yeah, he was just a standout again. So, yeah, they're back on their back on their path, the Storm, and I think Craig Bell would be really happy with that performance. Yeah, indeed. 16 mm. at half-time, then the good old-fashioned Neil Orr score line in the second half. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing better. Cam Munster, is fullback, you know, is that where he's, he will be? I, I, I get, get the feeling that's where he'll stay now, Tony. Yeah, even when Jerome Hughes comes back, probably in a week or two, Munster will stay at fullback, but he sort of plays as a hybrid Fullback five eight. I mean, you know, and then near the line, he he injects himself into the game a bit more. And um, you know, the more times he can get his hands on the ball, the better they are. Um, so at fullback, he's obviously really dangerous on kick returns. And as Gerd said, the thing for me about the other night was defensively, that was the Melbourne we're used to. I mean, they've they've been at times this year they've been defensively poor, but um, the second half, Penrith were camped on their line, and the fact that they didn't allow Penrith to score was a reflection reflection on how good they were defensively the other night. So I'm not sure whether Cam's helped in that regard in terms of organising that defensive line, but it was a lot better than it has been. Um, and, you know, the, the points will come. When you've got guys like Munster and, as I said, when Jerome gets back and Olam and Coates and Offalumi, you're going to score points. So you've just got to be good defensively, and they were a lot better defensively the other night. All right, well, speaking of Cameron Munster, this is what Brandon Smith on Triple M had to say about him. What about Munster? He plays at the back, try-saving tackles, one-on-one steals, great with the boot, seems he can do it all. Yeah, and he's, and he's as thick as pig S. <laughs> Mate, he's the dumbest bloke in the world, but when he gets on this field, he's a genius. It's, it's outstanding, but I'm glad I'm playing with him and not against him. And He's the most annoying bloke in, on planet Earth, but he's one of my good mates, so I've got to love him. <laughs> He's the best, the cheese. One of my good mates, but he's as thick as pig ass. Well, you play, you've played Origin, obviously, with him, Joe. What are you? Yeah. Is he annoying? Pest? Oh, he's a pest. He's annoying, but he's good to have around the group. He's always he's always good fun and, and likes to have a laugh. But as um, as the cheese said, he, he's a genius on the field. He just he's a, he's a football player. He's so talented and um, his ability to pop up wherever and his ball playing ability. And, um, you know, I think... I think the the biggest thing for that the this Panthers scoring zero points would be because of Munster um, putting people people where where he wants them to go. So, um, but he's a pest, that's for sure. Was he, he missed Origin? Was Origin three missed with COVID this year? He was yeah. still annoying you, blokes, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was sending us videos while he was in um, lockdown. What was he calling? Munster madness. That was it. <laughs> um, send a, sending us videos with his Queensland cap on and his Queensland jersey on, just um, you know, trying to get the boys up. Obviously, it was a weird time for us, but he's always in good spirits, money. Is it uh, that sort of instinctive thing that he has? And he said it's been recorded and documented many times that he doesn't know what he's going to do next and therefore, you know, difficult for opposition to kind of work out what it is as well. Is that what he's like on the field? Yeah, I think so. No one really knows what he's, he's going to do, but you just sort of go with it because he comes. he's a big game player and comes up with a big play. So, um, you know, he, he's obviously worked on himself off the field um, this year and it, it's it's definitely showing on the field. He's doing tremendous things for for Melbourne. Um, so they're going to be a, a powerhouse as, uh, that they've always been um, leading into this year's finals. All right. Are they going to be a powerhouse? I guess it is that time of the year where every game has such a bearing on where it will all end up. Uh, people were happy to write the uh, the storm off a few weeks ago. Where have you got them hanging now, ready? Oh, I think they're right in the thick of it. I mean, you still look at that team and it's littered with origin players, international players. As I said, Jerome Hughes should be back if not 
next week, then the week after from that shoulder problem. Um, the forward pack. Kafusi's uh, got to Kifu- come back Kifu- into that Kifu- as well. He's got to come back. I mean, yeah. it's just class. It's yeah, just class everywhere. Well. So, yeah. yeah, and they've got a coach... Craig Bellamy knows how to win premierships, yeah. so I, I'd be, you'd be silly to write them off. And yeah. it's a bit of an ace up their sleeve now with the option with Munster because they've got Meany as well, yep. and those mm. two guys can just interchange. And now Craig Bellamy can use that. You know, he can he can play that card. He can name them where he wants, and then opposition sides going in. Uh, Munster being their most important player, and generally you got to make sure defensively that you've got him covered, and they're not going to know where he's going to be. And uh, I think that could be a, you know a, a strategy that they can definitely use. Exactly. And Brandon Smith, of course, wasn't. I think he was supposed to come off the bench, but actually started and scored a terrific try uh, very early. He is another benefit. So it's seven years, first time in seven years, the Panthers have been kept scoreless. But as you say, Ryan, with those halves not there, because they seem to motor it down the park okay, but when it came to the last, you know, tackle players yeah. and those choices, it was just wasn't there. Just their execution tone. Yeah. And, and I think Appy Corris, I thought Appy was sensational the other night. Yep. I, I know they didn't score too many points, but his form at the moment, I mean, since, you know, the last couple of years got recognised at Origin this year and his form at the back end of the season has been exceptional. So nothing, I don't think there's anything to worry about for the Penrith fans' tone. I think there's... Um, you know, a couple of weeks and they start getting some players to trickle back in, need to make sure they stay up in that top two. So, um, which I'm not sure whether that's possible if they fall out of that. But as long as they're there when they get the guys back, I mean, they're going to be up there as as good as anyone, um, you know, giving it a good shake. Yeah, I don't think they can fall out of the top two. They're on 38 mm. points at the moment. Melbourne Storm are on 30 and the Sharks we'll are on 30. I mean, it would be very, four, three very, games. Yeah, I don't know. Very tough for them yeah. not to end up in the, uh, the top two. Yeah. Uh, all right, there you have it. This is the Saturday Scrum. We do it thanks to King G Work. We're pushing the limits in comfort, technology, and design. The Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Ryan Gertler, Brent Reed, Jairo, Tony Squires. Reed, you've got some breaking news. What's going on? Yeah, it's a big one, this one, Tony. Our mate Christian Nicolucci, Nicolucci from the uh, Sydney Morning Herald mm-hmm. filed a story about Roger Shuavasi Shek. That guy, uh, the Kiwi, oh, the, the New Zealand Warriors. guy, who goes to Mount Smart Stadium and <laughs> and Shuey's in the in the uh, crowd. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's been tossed out of the game last night and been hit with a lifetime ban. What, 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 Kelly Kelly is, Gibbons is his name. This is the, the man who's been made a bit of a cult hero. He's, uh, he's on the show. coverage. He's just underneath the coach's box from memory. Mm. Says he was not intoxicated. He mm. bought the beer from inside the venue. And he ended up going down to a nearby pub and watching the game. Well, that's Aaron. And he still drank a shoey when he was at the pub. Oh, really? Yeah. It's Aaron Woods' little moment of fame gone because yeah, he's right. looked... <laughs> doppelganger. Woods' his doppelganger. His doppelganger. Yeah. So, how, I mean, this is a poor bloke. There's no explanation. He's waited. Yeah, look, and who knows what he's done? But mm. he's waited. How long? How long were the Warriors away from playing at home? Two years. Couple of years. Couple yep. of years. He gets there. He's excited, and now we've got a lifetime ban. The security have turfed him. Apparently on his first shoey, he'd only had one. Sober as a judge, he claims. Yeah, it was a joke. Lifetime bans have been that's over, over the top. top. Yeah. That's over the, on the top. Surface, on the surface. On the surface, what we're reading. Let's, it. It. Let's start a petition. Says here that, uh, yeah. well, there's already one started, Gertz. Of course there oh, is. Good. It's already Let's got, it. got 2,500 signatures. I reckon Nicolucci oh. probably started that now in Christian. Okay. It's like you're not allowed to have fun anymore. Mm. Christian Nicol- Nicolucci likes anyone who likes a beer because he loves a beer. Mm-hmm. He harasses you a lot, doesn't he, Joy? Everyone Nicolucci. does. Well, I'm sure everyone does that, <laughs> likes to have a beer. Likes to have a beer. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. No. It's, 
It's a social thing. Anyway, exactly. Nico, it's now Nico's personal crusade to get because, Kelly Gibbons back in the stadium. Because he started, didn't he? With a, it was, it was, he was damned because he had a cup inside the he shoe. Did, so yeah. it wasn't a genuine shoe yeah, to begin was, with. Yeah, that was dodgy, though. To that, be fair, yeah. 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 So he mm. then took that out. I mean, yeah. I. I it wasn't as if he, if he does it with every try. Well, they scored 46 points. I can understand. <laughs> Over the back end, he got a little bit uh, squiffy. Carried or stumbled out. Yeah. Look, the other thing, uh, because we have just finished our lunch here, thanks so much for asking. Uh, and, Jai Arrow, there was a question put to you uh, about cooking in, in your household. Yeah. Mm, who, who's, the, who's the chef? Liam Knight. He's the master chef. Really? He's always in there, yeah. Even with his surgery and his knee now, he's still hobbling around cooking and doing his thing. So... Um, has, he got a, uh, has he got a special special dish or something he cooks? It's something he's renowned for? Oh, just very basic stuff. You know, he loves his salmon, loves cooking salmon, um, sweet potato in the oven, veggies. Nothing too, I suppose, special, but mm. just sort of basic dishes. Mm-hmm. Is there a Jai Arrow dish that suddenly makes an appearance? Uh, not late, not of late, right. but I do enjoy cooking the meat side of things. Like oh, I love yeah. cooking a steak on the Weber or yeah, a roast, oh. stuff like that. Yeah, nice. <laughs> It's quite typical Aussie Basically, male. Yeah, it what's, is, isn't it? What's going on there? Snags on the barbie, <laughs> bit of bread, barbecue yeah. sauce. You know why that is? Because it's basically a performance. It's a barbecue as everybody gathers around and, you know, yeah. you just flip things over four or five times more than you should yeah. and people are looking at you. That's the yeah. only reason men love the barbecue. Uh, just one thing, Reedy, I wanted to get your take on. Now, Desi Hasler mm. and Manly. Now, what's the story? He's contracted next year, He's yes? contracted next year. Mm-hmm. And he had a clause in his deal that they made the eight this year. Yep. He got another year as well, 2024. Okay. Now, obviously, the, the the Pride jersey game, they lost that game, and there was a bit of talk that uh, maybe people on Des's side wanted the contract re- reworked and renegotiated to recognise the fact that that game may have cost them a final spot. I mean, they've lost, I think, 10 or 11 games this year, so um, you can't blame it on that one game. But the clubs, the boards basically made the decision the contract stays as it is, mm. which means that obviously Des... You know, they're not going to make the finals this year. He'll start next year under um, some pressure to make the finals next year. Now, I don't, I don't think there's a move to get rid of Des, right? I don't think the club wants Des gone. They want Des part of the club. But I think they'd like to see some sort of succession plan in place um, that maybe Des, a bit like um, Wayne will in a couple of years, will step back into another role and maybe be like a consultant or a head of football or something like that. So I think that's what it's about. I don't think there's an actual move to have Des completely out of the club and not involved. But I think they, they'd they like to see some form of succession. Because if you look at Des over the years, you can see all the coaches that Craig Bellamy's produced. You can see all the coaches that Wayne's produced. Even Robbo started to produce yeah. a, a succession, a, a tree of coaches. Yep. But not a lot of coaches have been under Des and then... Um, Brad Arthur's one, I think. Siebes was under him for a while. So there's a, there's a few, but there's not a heap. But I think they'd like to see a, a, a succession plan in place. All right. Well, it would seem to me, though, that he was one of his greatest moments was that, you know, the press conference mm. before that Pride game. Oh, he handled it magnificently, yeah. He you know, handled it absolutely brilliantly. And was the only person there at Manly, really, who, who, who could mm. have done that. All right, the Warriors 42, the Bulldogs 18, obviously a game that ha- doesn't have a lot of bearing on the, the top of the table. Uh, but the Doggies, uh, they've been playing some good footy. The Warriors coming off a terrible loss to you. Uh, you, you singularly. Personally, yeah, yes. personally. <laughs> uh, but they did the job and did it very well. And it's great to see them doing it back home, despite the whole shoey fiasco and the man being kicked out. Uh, it was good to see them do it in front of the home crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to see the Warriors back home and 
um, putting on uh, good performances like that, um, you know, I think it's great for the game and it's great to see football back in um, New Zealand and no doubt that um, you know, it's, it's a tough place to go, Mount Smart, to go over there and um, obviously the time differences and it's nice and nice and cold over there and um, the fans give it to you. So it's definitely a tough place to play, but good to see the Warriors uh, backfiring and, and um, beating a, a Bulldog side who, who have been travelling really, really well over the past sort of month or so. So um, it's good to see. I think they had a bit of a tough travel schedule, the Bulldogs, didn't they? They came from, from north and then uh, over they went and it was a long, long day in, on the road. We're a different team, the Warriors over there, aren't they? Yep. So that's why it's so good for their home fans that they get to see them next year uh, on a more permanent basis. And, you know, Sean Johnson's funny. He scored that great individual try and I was, again, watching the footy with my old man. I said to him, oh, Sean Johnson, what's doing? Can he have a go? Mm. Literally five minutes later, he's... Weaved the, the, the spell yeah. and looked brilliant. So well, he scored an individual try, but the try was scored by uh, the fox as well. He delivered a great yeah, pass. Oh. Yeah, yes, <laughs> the way he went. But um, yeah, I mean, Sean, when Sean's in that sort of mood, they're a different football team. Yep. The Warriors, right? They can score points from anywhere, and they got a good forward pack. Um, when the backline's singing and and Sean's controlling things, they're a really good footy team. We could basically beat anyone, but they just need, you know, you'd just like to see them back home next year and yeah. you've got a couple of new guys coming next year. They'll be, they'll be a much better team. Matt Burton had a rare kind of off day. His hands weren't, weren't great. Yeah. Uh, just a few things. I mean, and he's had such an exceptional season, Gerd. So, you know, you obviously mm. can forgive him uh, one poor performance. They were just flat, the Bulldogs. They just weren't connected at all. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've been scoring a lot of points and playing some decent opposition and uh, been playing a really entertaining. I think everyone's actually been looking forward to the Bulldogs game every week and the way that they've progressed. But, yeah, they took a little bit of a step back home. But as you said, we can forgive them for that. It has been a sort of a, a big couple of months for them. but um, and, and, yeah, take nothing away from the Warriors. Their fans were fully engaged in the contest. Sean Johnson was digging into the line. Um, you know, their, their set pieces looked really sharp. Their edge players uh, were running hard and uh, through the middle. They just totally controlled that game. I think the most impressive, I think it's been their best performance of the year, but the most impressive thing, you know, they, they got out to a really good lead and then the Bulldogs, even though they weren't playing that well, just found a couple of tries, cheap tries, and got back into the contest. And you're kind of waiting for the Warriors to fall away or, you know, lose concentration. But the fact that, you know, they stuck to the task and they were able to then, you know, compete at that at that sort of crucial period and then find some more points at the back end of the game just showed it was a full 80-minute performance. And, you know, guys like Tohu Harris and Watini Zelezniak and young Reese Walsh and you spoke about Johnson and, and Fanua Blake, all those guys, all their big-name players played really well yesterday and led from the front and, yeah, they totally dominated from the uh, the get-go. If you're a fan of either of those teams, what do you have look, to look forward to 2023? Well, the dogs will have a new coach, probably yep. uh, Cameron Sorrell. Well... I think we all think it's yeah. almost certainly going to be Cameron Sorrell. And he's been rolling along for a while oh, now. Oh, honestly. And I'm sure Cameron's getting sick of getting asked about yeah. it because, you know, I think every time he goes to a game, the op- opposition people say, mate, when are, they, when are they announcing you in Canterbury? And Cam sort of plays a straight bat to it all. So, um, you know, I think that's only a matter of time. So they obviously have a new coaching staff. They've got Kickout coming next year, Reed Marnie coming next year. Yep. You add those guys to that footy club, they're a different footy club. And the Warriors just getting home and being back amongst people in New Zealand. and New coach as well. Yeah, new coach, Andrew Webster, who's apparently mm. a very, very smart guy and a very smart coach. I mean, he's in charge of the attack at Penrith. So They've brought pretty well to, haven't they, Reedy? The they Warriors? Got some good guys. Yeah, Dylan Walker coming across. Mitch and, Barnett. Um, 
Barnett will be a good buy for him. So, uh, you know, they're going to lose Reese Walsh. I mean, he's going to be a hard guy to replace. Chance. Because, well, they've got Chance. Nickel Clockstart. Yeah, back, he'll come back. So. But he's a different style of player. Yeah. I think what Walsh gives him and, and against South Sydney even, I mean, he, you know, they didn't have many nice moments, but he provided a, mm. a few there. And then last night, you know, just on his edge, his speed, he's such a dangerous attacking player and he's such a competitor as well. He's been really impressive the back end of the season. He's a big loss. Yeah. He's a big loss. Have you got a bit of this for us? Uh, okay, now I see you're in, you're involved in the uh, information in terms of the rich, rich one hundred, so, rich, rich one hundred, which uh, the first instalment came out today, which mm-hmm. is the Top numbers 50. from fifty one to a hundred. Mm-hmm. Like beside me. Got a crack in there, made it. <laughs> what Almost number? cracked the top 50 Jaira, this what, year. What number did you... Uh, it's all in? lies. Apparently, <laughs> apparently 59. 59 but. is. Okay. So oh, he's flying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting. You know, tomorrow gets quite interesting. Tomorrow's the top 50. Mm-hmm. There's a new top uh, number one this year. Daly Cherry Evans has been knocked off. He's no longer the, the highest paid player in the game, Daly. All right, can't so give too much away. You, you don't want to give too much I away. I can't give too much away. But yeah, there's a new can number we, one tomorrow. Okay. Can um, we guess what... I mean, well, you can guess, but I'm not going to tell you whether you're right. Because Ben Hunt's got to be up there, hasn't I he? Can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't answer. I can't answer. Really? I reckon I'm close. I All think right. both those guys you'll find are probably in the top ten. I top think we 10. can accept that, but yeah. I won't say where they are. Can uh, you back up Sparky for a minute then? Mm. Just be, Obviously, we're talking about tomorrow, but for today, like who's mm. scraped in? Who's the number? Who's the hundredth? Oh, you've got me. You've put me on the spot here, Tone. It's your I, story, I can look it up it? while I'm talking here. Well, I can't remember. I didn't put them in order. I just helped ah, compile the. Uh, I used to the. Uh, I just the dirty phone calls and made a lot of phone calls. And <laughs> you know, there's some interesting thing about uh, thing yeah. in terms of tomorrow, particularly. Yep. Um, there's eight million dollar players in the NRL now. Eight blokes earning a million or more. Um, five of the top ten are from outside the top eight. So, um, you know, the, you could maybe argue the value for money is a bit off there. And nine, 19 of the top 100 players are under the age of 25, and there's some guys who aren't on the list, um, guys like Suwali, um, Ruben Cotto, Jeremiah Nanai, who you can see cracking in the next year or two, particularly Suwali. I think he, he'll definitely be a top 100 player next Young year. Young man's game. Where did, where did Fafita rank? Was he in the Which top 10? One? David Fafita. Uh, I think Dave might have cracked the top ten, but again, that's to wait till tomorrow. Yeah, that's a, well, Andrew Fafita's those... still on a big money, big deal, because he's on the last year of his his long term deal with the Sharks. So he's a guy who's pretty high in the rankings as well. I don't know what this thing, you know, for fans, they look at that and they either get really bitterly jealous or what I looked at was the the sad stat that uh, the Dragons had nine players who are in that list, mm. which is the equal highest. Yeah, yet they can't crack a final. But I would spot. say that they're. It's a bit deceiving the Dragons because they've got they've got a handful of players who other clubs are putting the money in like for. Moses Mbai, so yep. Moses Mbai, um, Andrew McCulloch, yep, uh, uh, Jack Bird, Josh, no, yep. no, not Jack anymore. Josh Maguire, I think, yep. might have been yep. one. So, yep. you know, they've taken a policy where they've um, uh, people were calling it a money ball policy. I don't, I, I don't think that's pro- probably accurate, but they took a policy where they're getting players from other clubs and the other clubs are putting a lot of money in for those players and it wasn't costing them as much. Now, in hindsight, it probably we, we praised them when it first happened because they were going quite good, but in hindsight, it probably hasn't worked for them. So um, I'm sure that's a policy they'll reevaluate down the track. I mean, Ben Hunt's one of those lofty earners who's pretty high on the list when it comes out tomorrow. He's in the top 50. Um, they're at a point with Ben Hunt where this week they've had a board meeting to ratify a new deal to him. 
um, that'll ensure Ben Hunt will stay in that list, the top 100 at least for the next three years. Ben, he's got another year left in his More current deal. More importantly, he'll stay a dragon. More you? importantly, he'll stay a dragon yeah. as long as he accepts the offer they're going to make to him. But, you know, you'd suggest by the mere fact it's gone to the board for approval, it's a pretty hefty um, offer they're going to make Ben Hunt down the track. So he's one of those guys going to stay in there for long term. But get on the... Uh, Get on the internet, click right. on rich100.com.au or buy the paper and the top 50 comes out tomorrow. Again, is it it's ready? behind a paywall. It's behind a paywall, yeah. is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, someone's got to pay my salary. Oh, absolutely. And tomorrow, uh, a new number one. All right. What about uh, South Sydney? As I said, we've got Joe Arrow sitting yeah. next to us. They've been in the news, uh, in the political section of the newspaper. They have, and they've got a big meeting actually next week with the sports minister mm-hmm. about where they will play next year. I mean, this has become a real issue because they haven't been able to sell tickets or, or announce their season because obviously they've got a long-term deal at a core stadium out west. Um, and um, they want to move back to the new Moore Park, the new SFS, Allianz Stadium, I think it's still called. So um, they're sort of sort of juggling that at the moment. But was, the NRL was trying to take care of it for them in those negotiations with the government. Um, we've all seen how that's unfolded. There's a brouhaha going on at the moment between the NRL and the government, so South should take it upon themselves to meet the NRL next week. Uh, sorry, to meet the sports minister next week and try and resolve a way they can play at Allianz Stadium next year. I was driving down Moore Park Road and saw just the other day they were putting the Allianz Stadium sign up. They mm. wanted to stop and take a photograph. It's a bit of history. That's the sign went up for the first time. Are you as a player, though? I mean, the, the venues... Must be exciting the idea of playing out of a place like that because clearly it's state of the art in every way. Yeah, absolutely. It looks unreal. Uh, I've driven past it a, a few times, and, and and JD's touched on it as well. It's it's right in the smack bang middle of our heartland, and um, you know it's only just down the road from my house, so <laughs> I'll be happy to drive you know ten minutes rather than forty five. So um, yeah, it'd be it'd be great to to play there and I have no doubts um, the club will be doing all they can to to have all our home games there whether they I don't know mix them up every now and then but I'll um, I'll cop whatever if we can um, play there as much as we can. The difficulty for South is they did such a good deal out at a core stadium out you know at yeah. Homebush. The yeah. deal's so good and to they and they want to replicate that deal I think to play at Allianz and um, you know, it needs the government to approve that because the government's got to rubber stamp the deal. So that's that's the sticking point at the moment. Yeah, well, and it's going to be a struggle, isn't it, for a core? So what have they got? The Bulldogs play Bulldogs. out of there. Then, then they've got Origin, they've got Grand Final and, and you know, a big rugby, rugby tests as well, I guess. Mm. But they do need content. club footy, don't they? Yeah, they, they need, need content, content don't yeah. they? So yeah. that's... Yeah, but and obviously Allianz is going to have the uh, the Sydney FC and the Waratahs as well. Yeah, as the as the Roosters, so they've got some content. That's that's another issue that I suppose the government's considering. Yeah. All right, we're talking about Ricky Stewart and uh, Jaden Salmon. And yeah. what's the story? Is he you're saying he's li- being linked to the Raiders? Yeah, there's a bit. No, not the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, look, obviously, James oh, Salmon's been in the news this week. No, James Salmon's been linked with Canterbury. Now, I'm, obviously, there's a lot of mail that Cameron Serraldo will be going to Canterbury next year. James Salmon's playing with um, under Cameron Serraldo at the moment. So, uh, yeah, James Salmon, a bit of mail that perhaps Canterbury are having a look at James Salmon. So. One to keep an eye on. All right, will do. All right, thank you very much, Rudy. As always, brilliant. This is the Saturday Scrum for King G Workwear. You know, have on my quiz. Uh, it is a sponsored section now, Rudy. As mm, you, as should you know. be. Yeah, should, I, I thought so. Deserves. Who sponsored it? The Gem. 
Oh. Yeah, uh, the newest and most exciting prize and rewards program, uh, giving away even more. Love the gem. The, the, gem. Love the gem. We love the gem. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't give the gem a rap at all, didn't say that they were sponsoring, but they did sponsor and we thank them very much. Reedy, there was a little bit of an add-on uh, to the uh, Alliance Stadium and the opening of the new stadium. Yeah, so uh, the NRLs announced today that they uh, it, it will now be a double-header, the first game there, obviously South and the Roosters. Uh, we're due to open the stadium, but now there'll be an NRLW fixture beforehand, the Sydney Roosters, St. George Illawarra, which is a, a grand final a rematch. rematch. So uh, yeah. great uh, gr- great for the women, actually, to get that sort of recognition and playing that uh, yeah. on that evening. Let's just hope that the good triumphs over evil and the Dragons reverse the uh, result from the grand final and have a win there. This is the Saturday Scrum. Triple M, Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Ryan Girdler, Brent Reed, Jai Arrow, my name is Tony Squires. 26 0, the Bunnies over Parramatta. They are absolutely coming, and their coach, Jason Dimitrio, joins us right here, right now. Congratulations on absolute top draw effort last night. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Tell me this. Uh, uh, was it the last few minutes that pleased you most? Because I was watching it, oh, it must have been four, three minutes to go. There was no reason uh, for the defence that was displayed. There was no reason really to worry about them scoring a try. The game was won, yet your team scrambled and didn't let them through. Yeah, it was. was um, yeah, seeing that motivation to keep that clean sheet's obviously um, pretty pleasing as a case. But there's a 10, 15-minute period at the start of the second half where they came out and um, put us under a lot of pressure and we had to defend our line for four or five sets and eventually got the ball and got a penalty in yardage and went up the other end and posted points straight away and I, I thought that was a, a really pleasing period of the game. Jason Ryan Girdler, mate, congratulations on the uh, yeah on the on this part of the season on a great little run there. Is it something that you would you know it was a slow start of the season? Is there a reason you think you guys started so slowly and then sort of a built towards the back end of the season? Yeah, hey, Gerds. Um, yeah, I think there's a few different reasons. I think, um, you know, for us making the grand final and there was an extra two weeks uh, extended off-season, so that meant 10 weeks. So it was like first week of January before our players were due back. And when I say that, that's the whole squad. Um, and then, obviously, COVID had hit around that time and we had probably 75% of our players get it in that first two weeks. So... Again, there was more protocols in and around the COVID at the time, and uh, that pushed our pre-season back to the back end of January. But we also had operations to key players. Uh, Cameron Murray had shoulder surgery. Latrell Mitchell had knee, knee clean out. Um, and uh, Lachlan Ilias had uh, back surgery. So our key players in our positions weren't training together, and that was probably the biggest problem. And then mm. on top of that, we started with probably the toughest draw in the first four rounds. And... Um, yeah, it, it was always going to be a, a bit of a slow burn, but yeah, I can't be prouder of the boys at, at how they've stuck to it. And I said to a, a mate of mine this morning that one of the things we did really well, although we weren't stringing you know, wins together in sequence, we weren't losing games back to back to back either. And that's what's kept us in touch to, to go on this run at the back end. Jason, Brent Reid, mate. Um, you've obviously... Uh, put together that sequence of really great performances of late. I mean, everyone's made a big deal out of Latrell, and I'm sure we get asked about Latrell and how well he's playing. But is anyone aside from Latrell and Jairus sitting beside us, so maybe you can leave him out, <laughs> is anyone aside from Latrell who you think uh, has really stepped up in the past month or two or really um, gone under the ra- radar for the way they've played? 
yeah, I, to be honest, I think it's our pack. Um, you know, Jai obviously is there and, um, you know, he's been outstanding. Cam Murray, Junior Tatola, uh, Tom Burgess before he got injured, Keon Kualamantangi. I think our pack goes unnoticed. Um, but for us internally, we have so much value in, in what they do and they lay a really good platform, especially off the back of Cam's ball playing ability, um, but also the work that they do. And, you know, you throw Damien Cook in there too. We've, and you've got a really strong pack that, that does a, lays a great platform for our key players. Hey, JD, it's Jai here, mate. Don't worry, it's weird for me as well asking you a question. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the boys in here just want to know who your favourite player is in the team, why it's Cody Walker, and, and can you get him to stop bullying me, please? <laughs> Um, firstly, no, I can't get him to stop bullying you because it's probably the highlight of my week. But, um, I don't know if Cody is my favourite. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sold on that. I think I've got more of a man crush on Cam than Cody. But, yeah. uh, I think we all, we all do, JD. I think we all do. That's the worst part of my week. It's the worst part of my week sitting in press conferences next to that handsome fellow. <laughs> uh, and he's the best bloke in the world as well, JD. What about uh, yeah, what about Cam? I, I said earlier on the show, I think he's the form player of the competition at the moment. And when you go out west and you and you play the Eels and they're known for you know for bashing packs up and they've done a good job of that of late. And your guys just tear them apart through the middle of the field on the back of that number thirteen, who you know over two hundred metres again last night, forty something tackles and gets the ball just as much as anyone else in uh, in the team as well as and that combination that he's now starting to build again with Damian Cook. I mean, things couldn't be better for the middle third of your team at the moment, mate. Yeah, you know, again, it's really good to see Cam get some rhythm in his game and he's, again, had a disrupted start to the season, uh, then had the shoulder surgery pre-origin and then went into the origin period. So it's really good to have him in and around the place. Uh, and the, I think his leadership's growing. Uh, every week he's starting to get more comfortable uh, in that space as well, and that's starting to reflect on on what he's doing on the field. I feel like he's got less um, noise in his head at the moment. He's just playing footy and he's enjoying what he's doing. And like I said, I think you know he's he's got a good support crew around him in, in the boys in our pack. They're doing a great job. You lost uh, Lachlan Elias uh, not long before game day, and then of course uh, Dean Hawkins comes in. He takes over the kicking early. Looked good. Uh, played very well. Yeah, he's outstanding, Dino, and. Um, he's been a guy who's been in our system. He's a South junior. Uh, he made it, he made a couple of cup games last year, but his last game, I think he played against Melbourne. We had about 10 players missing and it was a lot of lamb to the slaughter a, a little bit. So I was really excited to see him play with, with our strongest team out there. And uh, he held his own. He's got one of the best kicking games I've seen for a young fella. And, uh, we call him footy Dean. Yeah. Uh, he's good. He's good to get on YouTube. You'll get some of his good classic videos when he was a kid. Oh, really? He's probably got some. Probably got some material to add someone to. Yeah, have a look. At, uh... I'll show you. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> JD, I've got to ask you a little troll question. I know you one of the, one of the things you did last year. I think it was you went and spent some time with the Umpire's farm just to work on that relationship. Um, and you seem yep. to have a great relationship with him. W- what's been the key to sort of unlock unlock unlocking Latrell? Yeah, I think it's with um, all the players, but in, in particular Latrell because he gets so much attention. He can be quite guarded with. For me, it's been the best part of the succession plan that I've been able to earn the trust off the boys and get to know them as as young blokes as well prior to taking over as head coach. And, um, you know, that, that has been a real advantage. And, yeah, just going and seeing him in his in his home and where he's comfortable, I think making the effort to go there, which I'll obviously respected that. But, 
Uh, we took the whole team up there in pre-season this year as well, and I know how much that meant to him to have the team up there and the boys see um, why he's so proud of the area he's from. And, yeah, he, he's just loving uh, being part of the team at the moment, and, um, and he's quite infectious in and around the place. Mm-hmm. All right, well, just looking ahead here, you've got the Panthers who have come back to the peloton a little bit uh, at the moment. You've got your Cowboys, you've got the Roosters. So it's, it's a tough run in, but you sit there just in fifth spot at the moment. Do you dare to dream that top four spot? Yeah, obviously it's there, but like I said to the boys, all we can concentrate on is making some good choices through the week and valuing that 80 minutes and, and putting the performance in that we can. And if we keep getting the two points, the... Uh, Ladder position will take care of itself at the end of the year, but there's no doubt to, to get that top four, we need to win every game. And, um, you know, we're, we're one down and three to go now. So, um, yeah, we need to do that to put pressure on those teams above us. JD Johnson here, so he's obviously got the day off. Um, I assume you're giving him the weekend off. Maybe what, what do you do with yourself? How do you relax, unwind? Make good choices. <laughs> yeah, make good choices. Uh, I sit in my car on the side of the road and have chats to you, mate. I don't know what I'm doing. But, um, yeah. No, I'll spend some time with the girls, um, my wife, and yeah, take the dog for a walk down to Cronulla and just yeah, get away from footy uh, till Monday. It's, yeah, it gets pretty hectic this time of year, so uh, when we get the weekend like this, it's uh, probably important to Will you watch get all away the games? so I can go in and... Um, I won't watch them all. Um, I will tonight. I'm really looking forward to seeing that, that game go tonight, the uh, Roosters and uh, Cowboys game, but... I'll, I'll always be flicking and checking results or watching highlights when my missus isn't checking on me, um, <laughs> making sure I'm sneaking the phone out at dinner or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, no, nah, like, yeah, I've probably taught myself not to watch as much um, this time of year because, yeah, otherwise it gets a bit draining and um, I'll be yawning at training a fair bit. <laughs> Jason, Dimitri, I imagine, though, that family time will be even uh, more important for you this weekend, given what's gone on, given Paul Green. I know, obviously, you work together at the Cowboys. How have you kind of coped with that and processed it? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty tough to get your head around it, to be honest. Um, it's not something I would have ever contemplated um, for Greeny. I just didn't think. But, um, you know, he would be the, the bloke who was having that kind of problems, but just goes to show it doesn't discriminate. Um, the biggest thing I really feel for Amanda, she's a, a beautiful lady, and Emerson and Jody's son, it's such tragic news for, for them in the game. And, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it's heartbreaking to see. All right, well, thank you so much. for. Uh, I know it's difficult to talk about, but uh, you go home and you enjoy your family. Uh, and thank you so much for having a chat with us. No worries. The Triple M Saturday Scrub for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Lovely to have the company. Uh, just 25 minutes to go to kick off the Roosters and the Cowboys. Ryan Girdler is here. Brent Reed. My name's Tony Squires, and Jai Arrow has been our special guest. How have you enjoyed yourself, Jai? Yeah, loving my time here again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. You, this, how'd you go with the spicy rice? Because it might have been Luke Keery took one mouthful <laughs> and that it. was it. Couldn't eat it. Couldn't I was it. sweating there and it cleared out the sinuses. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Um, it was delightful, though. I enjoyed it. <laughs> delightful. Delightful. Yeah. That's very Once good. again, we've proven that forwards are a lot tougher than <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <so. laughs> That's my word, delightful. <laughs> uh, I love it. Did you read, just eat half reading or did you? I had half goods. I'm on a diet, okay. mate. I'm trying to lose weight before I go to England for the World okay. Cup. So I'm eating half now. Half for just, just talk me through yeah. this theory. That equals one whole day, Reedy. Yeah. <laughs> it does, yeah, but it's spread yeah. over the day. Um, I'm you're you're adding steak to that for the din- dinner, right? Is that ha- what? Half a steak. Oh, when's the other half for breakfast? A lunch tomorrow. Oh, Actually, my dad's down. Half a steak, like a 350-gram Wagyu. Yeah. I'll cut it in half. Mm. Porterhouse Wagyu. Beautiful. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Will, you, will you cook it all and cut I'll it in half? half? Yeah. Yeah, and then you'll eat? You'll, well, what, what, what are you dinging up in the microwave I, tomorrow? I, I, no, I had a cold um, steak a salad with steak, cold oh, yeah. steak. Mm-hmm. But my dad's here, as I said a couple of times already. You, you, uh, you're feeding him half I've meals as big, well? Big Bazza doesn't like eating a big steak, uh-huh. so we're going to share mm. the steak tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've dropped a couple mm. of kilos already. I've got to get about eight off, I reckon. Why don't you get a What's big Bazza like, a medium rare, or is he, is he, oh, he it's like It's the only way to eat a steak goods. Yeah. Okay. Medium rare, anyway. Okay. Well, we should ask the barbecue man here. <laughs> yeah, right. Get a big kilo tomahawk. There's 500 oh, grams. That's right. half a steak. That's true, that is. It's, yeah, don't tempt me. Is that what you uh, drag out? Fl- Fred dry, Flintstone style? <laughs> yeah, why not? Oh, I love it. So your theory is you, you're going to the World Cup. Yep, 40 okay. days. Right, mm. and you need to lose weight before I go. Why? Because it's the north of England. and So we can put weight back food's on. Food's not great and you have a beer at the end of the day and so, one beer becomes two and then so before you know it, you put on five kilos. Right, so you, all you're doing is making room in your pants. Basically, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. You've got a preparation. You've got to prepare to succeed, Tony. <laughs> Time for this. Believe it or not, Brent Reed has lost two kilograms. Do we believe that at the moment? That's have true. you lost? Stand up for me. Have yeah, you? Have you lost two? Yeah. You actually, no, you do look. You do look pretty good. And you want to go another eight? Eight more. Uh, eight. Well, uh, eight, eight would mm, six. Six would get me my fighting weight. Eighty-four. Yeah. Seventy-eight's my old fighting weight. Yeah. At what height are we looking at? One seventy. One seventy exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Five seven right. and a half. Okay. It's, just, it's a quite a small package. All right, oh, believe it or not. Oh, Tony, <laughs> leave him alone. It's before the belt. You're red hot today. Honestly. <laughs> gosh. Stand up. Jeez. Give us a look. It's quite a small package. Uh, <clears throat> the West Tigers, believe it or not, the West Tigers must part ways with Isaiah Papali'i, even though they're not together as we speak. Uh, believe it or not, that was a relationship that shouldn't be consummated. Uh, <coughs> Ryan Girdler? Um, I don't know. I don't believe it. You know, get him in there. Have faith in the people. Have faith in the in the system you have in place. Get him to love the club. Get the boys around him. I mean, football players are pretty shallow people generally, Tony. You yep. know, they... Yeah, they know where their bread's butted. Get him in there, give him a cuddle, and within a couple of weeks, have some wins, and it'll all be behind him. Okay, I like that. Apparently, he is. I mean, Tim Sheens has spoken to him, and when the manager, and it should be all ticky. Ben, Benji's spoken to him is as he? well. Okay, yep. yeah, over a long. He'll be fine. What do you think? Believe it or not. Oh, look, I think um, as a player, when you sign a contract, and um, you know, you just got to. I suppose, put up with it. There's obviously a lot of talk around it and whatnot, but um, yeah, I'm sure whatever, whatever decision he makes, he'll 
he'll play to the ability that I know he can. He's a, he's a great player, and I'm sure he'll do a great job where, whatever happens, even at the Tigers. Didn't that really was too diplomatic. The there, that was diplomatic. That was so diplomatic. I'm still playing the game. You can't give me these controversial questions. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll bash him next to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go looking for it. So he's a big boy uh, too. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> had, had a haircut though. Rudy, what do you think? You oh, I don't believe it. No. I think uh, why would you know they've signed him on good money for next year. Parramatta had their chance to sign him. They they didn't offer him enough money. He got a better offer from the Tigers. Mm. He's taken that offer. And if I'm the Tigers, I'm doing everything I can to yep. make sure he's there next year because they need him, desperately need him. And they've banked and they've on having him. And they've let people go, haven't yeah. they, Rudy? I mean, to when you think about what they've done in their salary cap to allow lower. for him to come in, exactly. it throws all that all that retention and recruitment out mm. of whack, Tony. So, yep. yeah, they've got to fight hard for that one, I believe. And yep. I mean, you know, he's got to give it a chance too. I mean, Benji will be there, Tim Tim Sheen's, um, Robbie Farrow next year. It's a different club next year. So yep. he's got to give it, he's got to give it a chance. All right. uh, Jai Arrow, this is one you can answer. Believe it or not, player salaries should become nope. public like... Pro- <laughs> <laughs> well, in the paper today. Yeah. <laughs> like professional sport in other countries. Oh, look, I would say not. I think, you know... Yeah, you just you don't. I feel like that's a a thing you don't ask people is what their salaries are. Like yeah, even if you're true. the average Joe on the street as a as old mate, the, they got kicked out of the game. He's a bricky, so yeah. uh, I'm sure he doesn't have people coming up and asking him what his salary is. And I feel like that's that's something you keep to yourself. And whether you want to share that with people yourself, that but you can do that, but. I feel it as though it should be made public. It's well, but on the other hand, I'm a fan and I own you. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You, especially if you're, you're on this, you're on this amount of money, you should be playing this well. It's, yeah, yeah, they're the best. Yep. What do you think? Oh, I don't think they should be. No. no, I know they do it in American sport. All the contracts are. Um, I'll tell you what it would do though if you did do it. It would um, ruin your story from today. Well, it would. It would ruin my story from today and tomorrow. <laughs> Saturday, the paywall Sunday, ruined that. Rich, yeah. rich100.com.au. Um, it, would, uh, <laughs> it would defeat all those arguments that clubs are cheating the salary cap. Yeah. Well, it w- well, sorry. It probably wouldn't – well, people would still suggest they're probably getting sneaky underhand payments outside what's that's registered. That's not going to change but, that, really. No, but it would help um, because you would be able to see, for example – just say, let's pick a random out. club, the Roosters. No, we don't think the Roosters. <laughs> let's pick a random club like the Gold Coast, say, and um, people think, you know, Fafita's on one point, whatever he's on, and Joe Bloggs is on whatever, and, and they're going, well, how can they fit all these blokes in? But if you knew that, say, uh, uh, Brimson's not on as much as we thought he was on or, uh, um, you know, a Sexton or something like that, then it would help you piece together the cap a bit and maybe people would understand a bit better that how clubs – Fit players in the cap, yeah, maybe, but I don't Point. think I, I'm, I, I wouldn't. After all the, that, you're saying no. I wouldn't. Well, I don't think mm. I, I wouldn't want people asking me what my salary is. Okay, it's too hard to work out. Yeah, You've got so, much, so many different so areas. Many gigs I can't, it's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, just good at a ballpark. <laughs> That'd be interesting though, as another play, wouldn't it? I wouldn't like if all that stuff was public, and then you can sit back and look at your manager and go, "Hang on a second, this yes. guy who I'm probably worth more at my club is getting more at his club, and so forth." I mean. Yeah, I think it opens up a can of worms so many different ways, Tony. I don't, I don't think it needs to go public. I think there's enough pressure on, as we've seen, coaches and players at the moment, and that just adds, you know, I think that just puts more weight on performance and so forth. And if there's no need to do it, and I don't believe there's a need, so it's only public interest that sort of demands it or, or wants to know it. That's why Rudy writes the article. But yep. I'm not sure that it's in the best interest of the mental health of the players and coaches. All right. Well, just quickly, Ryan, while I've got you there, believe it or not, Joseph Sawali has earned a starting spot 
for the Kangaroos at the World Cup. Now, do you mean starting spot in the in the starting spot? Will he go? Is he is yeah. he earn a, a, a yeah, seat, on the, on, the seat plane? on the plane? Probably yeah, better. I, yeah, I'd take him along. Yep. Absolutely, yep, yeah, believe yep. it. Are you taking him along, John? Yeah, I believe it. He's been tremendous for the Roosters over the course of this year, and um, I think the scary thing is he's only a young kid still, still growing and still trying. I suppose you know get the gist of things in the NRL. He hasn't. He's played a. Um, I don't know how many games, but it wouldn't be many. He's only really come in just yep. recently, but he's he's taken the taken the comp by fire, and he's doing a great job for him. I almost think he deserves a starting spot. I mean, because Brian Toto won't be available. Yep. Um, I suppose got Addo Carr, Val Holmes maybe be on the wing if he's not in the centres. So centre though, he's yeah, playing some good footy. So I, 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 he's definitely got to go on the tour for me. All right, there is your believe it or not for another week. It is a Saturday scrum doing it for King G. <laughs> Triple M, Saturday Scrub, the King G. Triple M, rocks footy. Anthony Maroon will be calling this brilliant game of football. The Roosters taking on the Cowboys SCG. He he just walked in to tell us that, Jai Arrow, uh, you were in some, was it a corporate golf day uh, happening yeah. during the week and you absolutely nailed it? What happened? Uh, it was probably the best golf I've ever played, yeah. Okay. Uh, beat the pro on the par three over the water at the Coast Golf Club and... <sighs> Um, yeah, had a good day. I've lost a lot of balls down that little. <laughs> yeah. Is that the third, third or what's it? No, 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 it's that's on the back. You know, it's, oh, okay. it's in the back nine. Back nine, nine yeah. sure. Many okay. of the boys have a hit, and for the bunnies. Yeah, yeah, there's a fair few. Give um, us a little. Um, give us a little South Sydney Football Club golf ranking. Golf status, ranking. Would you? Yeah, would you believe it? Latrell's number one. Oh, he's really? honestly a- anything he does sports wise. He's he's unbelievable. Trell one. Uh, number two is probably a bit of a, a curveball. Jackson Paulo. Oh, yeah. Um, he's actually can hit a ball. Yep. And number three, um, top three, I'll say. I'll say, I'll say Lockie Ilias or me. That's okay. top three. Or wow. Top four. Top, four, top four at the club. You hit the ball with your long levers, you get it down there? Oh, no, I don't have the shoulder rotation left in me. My shoulders are absolutely shot, so <laughs> I don't really have much rotation in my hips or shoulders and, and can't really get through the ball, but... Are you, um, are you by way of being like me on the golf course, you you know, you kick the ball out from under bushes, <laughs> cheat whenever nah, possible? I don't cheat myself at golf. That's that's one really? thing I don't do, yeah. Who does cheat? Me. Who does cheat? Oh, yeah. No, but yeah, I mean well, out, of the, out of the bunnies oh, who boys. Who does cheat? Yeah, uh, is there anyone there that's likely to, um, you know, knock <laughs> a couple of strokes off a hole? The other day playing in uh, Isaiah Tass, we played our own balls and um, uh, he, was, he was having an absolute shocker and he decided to, he, he literally... Word from, word from word, he said, I'm not counting my drops anymore. <laughs> so Isaiah Tass, he was good for good for cheating. Um, but the rest of the boys are pretty good. I love what, it. What do you play off? Handicap? I was off 16 the last time I had a handicap, but I'm, I'm a lot better golfer than I was in now. Really? Okay. Well, how many times are you getting out a week to play golf? Um, I've been trying to get out once or twice a week. Wow. So, I do enjoy it. I've got the bug at the moment, the golf yeah. bug. I do enjoy it. Have you got all the right gear? Yeah. Nah. I, uh, you looking for a sponsor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you? I am. Okay. Yeah. Please. <laughs> what are you asking him for? Have you, you, got, got, you got any you mind got there, Gertz? Well, Dell's always Dell's always good Dell. to know for you know golf partnerships yeah, and so forth. Yeah. So he's coming in soon. Have a chat to him. He'll put you under the. I think he's with the Ping guys. Ping. I don't play oh. golf, but I think yeah. Yeah, I, need I think to if get you say Ping that. a couple of times, things just start to <laughs> appear. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We've only got uh, a minute to go. Uh, who wins this game, Ryan Girdler, the Roosters and the Cowboys? I, I absolutely don't know, Tony, but I, I'm going to go with um, 
so much to play for this afternoon. But I, I, I just think, you know, I, I don't think there's been a player that's given more to the Roosters over the last five or six years than James Tedesco. So being a special afternoon for him on his 200th, I think they're just going to find a way to um, get the job done. All right. On his 200th, it's the Roosters. Uh, Reedy? Yeah, I, t- I think I tipped the Roosters in the paper from memory. Um, but again, it's You're a still of- leading that, Reedy? Would you believe I was not? I, I lost the lead this week, but I've gone three for three, so I'm back in front. Oh, wow. Back okay. in front. All right. Uh, who wins it for you, Jai? Go Cowboys. Go in the Cowboys. <laughs> there you go. Cowboys. With no great conviction. Uh, sadly, <laughs> that is where we leave you. Jai Arrow, thank you so much. Remember, Triple M rocks the footy. Thanks to McDonald's. Triple M rocks footy. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.